0: Would you please take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 55. Psalm 55. This is a psalm of David. David experienced the greatest highs in his life and the deepest lows in his life. He went from being a shepherd to a mighty hero to the most powerful king in Israel's history. And yet, throughout his life, he experienced the truth expressed in the book of Job. Yet, is man born to trouble as sparks fly upward. And again, man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. Well, this was one of the troublesome periods of David's life. They say that it's probably when his son Absalom was seeking to overthrow his kingdom and to kill David. Imagine your own son, your own flesh and blood. And it's a son whom he loved that wanted to kill him. I think it's an amazing and wonderful thing that God in His wisdom and in His grace gave us psalms like this for times like this in our own lives. Now, hopefully you're not going through a period like David went through here. Of course, nothing to that of that magnitude, but pain and suffering is a relative thing. And we may feel we're as deep and as low as David was here at times. Hopefully you're not, but if you are or when you are, here's a psalm to go to i like to, uh, I'm not going to read the entire psalm all at once. I'm going to try to break it up into the three parts, the three divisions which others have, have put there. But it was this psalm that was the inspiration of a well-known anthem called, Oh, for the Wings of a Dove, written by the German composer Felix Mendelssohn in 1844. The Mendelssohn Club here in Rockford, or it's now called the Mendelssohn Performing Arts Center, was named after this man, Felix Mendelssohn. This anthem was popularized in 1927 by a recording of a young soprano named Ernest Lowe because it captured so well the sentiment of that generation that had recently come through the terrible Great War, World War I. And that, here's the anthem that he wrote. Hear my prayer, O God, incline thine ear. Thyself from my petition do not hide. Take heed to me. Hear how in prayer I mourn to thee. Without thee all is dark. I have no guide. The enemy shouteth, the godless come fast. Iniquity, hatred upon me they cast. The wicked oppress me. Ah, where shall I fly? Perplexed and bewildered, O God, hear my cry. My heart is sorely pained within my breast. My soul with deadly terror is oppressed. Trembling and fearfulness upon me fall. With horror overwhelmed, Lord, hear my call. O for the wings, for the wings of a dove, far away, far away I would rove. In the wilderness build me a nest and remain there forever at rest. Well, I'm sure you've felt that way before. Now, Gordon Keddie outlines three practical steps the psalmist takes here to find a resolution to his overwhelming condition. The first is found in verses 1-8, through 8, which is his reaction to such a time as this. Give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide Yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me. And in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Well, here we see in verse six that his condition is so dire that he envies the dove. And who hasn't felt this way? At some time in their life, I once heard Jeff Thomas talk about the delights of the ministry. He talked about studying the Word of God and the fellowship with the saints, and he thought of this as, "Oh, imagine getting paid for this!" And then he said, "At other times, I envy the garbage man." <laughs> well, that's a sentiment expressed here in the psalmist by the psalmist that, "Oh, that I could just get away, go away." We want to be like John Denver and go out to the Rocky Mountains and, and just lose ourselves there. William J. said, We're prone to think that although generally men are born to trouble, there are some exempted individuals. And that though commonly considered the earth is a veil of tears, there are some privileged spots. And it is worthy of our, of our observation that these exceptions always belong to others. And always to those who are above us. Is the servant happy? He will then, he will be when he is master. Is the master happy? He will when he is rich. Is the rich man happy? He will when he is ennobled and has distinction as well as gold. Is the nobleman happy? He will when he is king. Is the king happy? The king happy? Oh, says he, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for I would then fly away and be at rest. We want some place to go, some place to get away. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with just getting away at times and a vacation, and we need that time to relax and all. But this is where Mendelssohn's anthem stops short. It ends right there at verse 6. Oh, that I had wings like a dove which is not a resolution at all. Keddie said, it effectually romanticizes world flight as the answer to worldly woes. I think of people who often get hooked on drugs because they want to escape. Drugs is a form of escapism. I think of that song, made me think of that song, Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel talking about her drugs. Hide it. In a hiding place where no one ever goes. Put it in your pantry with your cupcakes. It's a little secret, just the Robinson's affair. Most of all, you've got to hide it from the kids. But that's your escape, doing the drugs, getting away. But here David is looking at this and, and he's, he's looking at his condition, he's looking at his trouble, and his reaction is one of being overwhelmed and wanting to get at peace, somehow get at peace. And then when we go to the next portion of this Psalm, verses 9 through 15, we see his reflection. In verses 9 through 15, he says this, destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me; then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me who has exalted himself against me; then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the walked to the house of God. In the throng, let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell, for wickedness is their dwelling, and among them. So he's he's reflecting what's going on in his life. His troubles, though they were great, are even deeper yet. Betrayed, betrayed by one of his closest friends. Probably he's speaking here of Ahithophel, Ahithophel who's among the conspirators with Absalom. He was told. And I'm sure even the fact that his own son was rising up against him that crushed his heart. But then this this counselor, this man who was a close friend and an ally was now giving counsel to his own son. how to overthrow David. Think of that hymn, Friends may fail me, foes assail me. That happens even to Christians. But it's not a stranger to us and it shouldn't be. The Lord Jesus, while here on earth, experienced all of this, didn't he? When he was betrayed by his friend with a kiss. Judas Iscariot, even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Quoting Psalm 41, the Lord Jesus applied it to his own friend who betrayed him with a kiss. Oh, his troubles were great. But then his resolution, and that's where we're going with this, it's, is to his resolution found in verses 16 through 23. As for me, he said, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me evening and morning. And at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many against me. God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from of old, because they do not change, they do not fear God. Therefore, they do not fear God. He has put forth His hand against those who were at peace with Him. He has broken His covenant. The words of His mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in His heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. You see, His resolution is whatever happens to them, whatever God does to them, He is going to cast His burden upon the Lord. Teddy says this, and so I think just hits the nail on the head. He said, Flying off into the wilderness is not the answer. Merely getting away from it all to a cave in Arabia or a cabin in the Rockies is more a counsel of despair than a doorway to a new life. David's destination is pressing onward in a real life of continuing discipleship in dependence upon the Lord, he will call upon God and pray and cry aloud, and He will hear his voice. Indeed, the Lord has already redeemed his soul in peace from the battle, and that was going, that was going against him. Verses sixteen through eighteen. Here is prayer working as a means of grace to one whom God loves and who loves God. In contrast. The state of the godless is tragic. Verses 19-21 through David accordingly and positively charges us, cast your burden on the Lord and He shall sustain you. This must be the watchword of your future path. And has not Jesus called us to new life with the assurance, my yoke is easy and my burden is light? Then sing with the saints, My soul finds rest in God alone. He is my salvation, my only rock, salvation fort, my refuge most secure. From the book of Psalms. But here's David's answer to his dilemma or his depression almost is to cast his burden upon the Lord. That's what we need to do at all times. We're told to be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by Prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your minds and hearts through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we come together to do, to cast our burden on the Lord. We do have burdens. We have dire situations that we're praying about. We are laying them at the feet of Christ. We are casting our burdens upon Him. Now, prayer is doing that, but let me ask you as you pray, are you doing that? Are you casting your burden on the Lord? Are you just praying to the Lord and taking your burden back and walking on your weary life? That's not casting your burden. Someone said, use the illustration of a man walking down the road with a huge burden on his back, and a man pulls up in a cart and a horse and says, Here, come, I'll give you a ride. And so he gets up into the cart, and yet all the while he keeps the burden on his back. And he says, well, why don't you put your burden down? The man says, oh, no, it was good enough for you to carry me. I don't want you to carry my burden too. (laughs) Well, we need to cast our burden on the Lord. And we see, are we, by the anxiousness we still have when we pray or after we pray. Now, it's not going to erase all care and all anxiousness but it should be relieving much of it so that we can press on, so that we can rest in the Lord. He's looking for a place of rest. That rest isn't taking the wings of a dove, but that rest is found in our Lord and Savior to cast our burden upon the Lord. In First Peter chapter 5, in verse 7, Peter, quoting this very passage, adds this precious truth. He says, "...therefore, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting your care upon Him. That's from this passage. But He adds this precious, precious promise. For He cares for you. That is He, the Almighty God, with that mighty hand. is this God who cares for you. You are His blood-bought child. Isn't that what Paul says in Romans chapter 8? That if he spared not his own son, will he not with him also freely give you all things? We ought to be coming to the throne of grace that we might find grace and mercy to help in our times of need. We need to call upon him while he is near to cast our burden upon him and he will hear us, it says. He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Oh, he may be shaken, but he will not be moved from his hope, from his trust in the Lord and in the Lord alone. Contrasting that with the wicked, they are going down to the pit of destruction, but the, but the righteous, those who trust in the Lord, will not be moved. May the Lord help us as we come tonight carrying this passage with us in our prayer to, Lord, hear our prayers, hear our cries, answer us according to Your grace. May the Lord help us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You for this psalm